When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We continue the week right here on Listen Up, and uh, we have a lot of things that we're going to talk about today. The uh, second half of Major League Baseball is underway, and uh, if you're a fan of the Houston Astros, you have to like what you're seeing with their dominance over the New York Yankees. Uh, In seven games this year, the Yankees have only led for two innings. Think about that for a minute. Now, they do have two wins, but... I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Doubleheader going on, and the uh, Astros won game one on a walk-off, and they're up uh, in game two. All right, something I wanted to get into today, an exclusive interview with the New York Post. And, you know, I love perspective, and I love common sense, and I love what Charles Barkley had to say about possibly becoming an analyst for the Live Golf Tour, okay? Again, this was an exclusive interview that Barkley had with the New York Post, okay? Barkley said he believes there is selective outrage in critics going after the Live Golf Tour, okay? And he said that it would be hypocritical not to consider being a part of the new tour if the money is right. Now, Barkley is playing in a pro-am portion of the event next week at the Trump National Golf Course in Bedminster, New Jersey. Okay. Now, Barkley had dinner with Greg Norman at an Italian restaurant talking about possibly joining the Live Golf Tour. Now, for context, Barkley is under contract with TNT for more, for I think three more years, I read, at a price of $30 million. All right. Now, Barkley said this quote to the New York Post In a perfect scenario, I would love to do both. I don't know how Turner's sponsors are going to feel about it. I know there is going to be some blowback. All right. Now, Barkley said this, quote, I told Norman, listen, they are making up words like blood money and sports washing. We have all taken blood money and we all have sports washed something. So I don't like those words, to be honest with you. If you are in pro sports, you are taking some type of money from not a great cause. How about that honest perspective from Charles Barkley? I love that. Absolutely love that. He was asked if NBA's relationship with China 
was an example he was talking about. Quote, yeah, I don't want to practice selective outrage. All right. He was then asked if it's different if you are basically receiving a check from the Saudi government. Quote, now that's semantics. I'm a Nike guy also. So I'm not going to do that thing where I pick and choose what I'm outraged about, where my money comes from. I just don't think that is fair. I think that makes you a hypocrite. And let's be fair. All these golf tours have played in Saudi Arabia and China. That's my point. All right. Now, Barkley has endorsements with Capital One, Subway, and Dick Sporting Goods. Okay. He said that with the news of his meeting with Norman, his sponsors have contacted him. Quote, they checked in with me, what I told Subway, Capital One, and Dick Sporting Goods. I said, wait a minute. I haven't signed anything. I haven't met with the guy. Let's let this thing play out before you all call me all upset. Between the number you just mentioned, 10 million per year, and all my commercials, for me to risk all of that, I would have to be some serious money thrown my way. Charles Barkley. I love his perspective. What I love is his honesty. Okay? He said, I think thinks they're going to get a TV deal. I'm pretty sure they are going to get a TV deal also. Somebody is going to step forward at some point. I think it is kind of a smorgasbord of different things, to be honest with you. I don't think it is one thing in particular, but I think the main thing is using my personality. Now, here's something else that's interesting. Before meeting with Greg Norman, Barkley consulted with Michael Wilbon, Mark Cuban, Ahmad Rashad, and Bryant and Greg Gumbel. Quote, these are the guys that had mentored me throughout my career. I got all their opinions on it, and they saw no problem with me taking this meeting, and I'm glad they did. So here's a guy that did his homework before meeting Greg Norman, has a tremendous perspective, is not afraid to come out and call it the way it is, okay? I mean, I wanna read this paragraph. Listen, they are making up words like blood money and sports washing. We have all taken blood money and we all have sports washed something. So I don't like those words, to be honest with you. If you are in pro sports, you are taking some type of money from not a great cause. How awesome is that? Spot on by Charles Barkley. If you have any comments on that, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we can discuss this. Again, every time, you know, you may not agree with what Charles Barkley says all the time, but when it comes to many important issues such as this, I think the guy's very balanced. He uses common sense. It's not something that comes off the cuff. He was prepared for this. Again, talked with a lot of different people and has said, I don't know if I'm taking it, but I owe it to myself to listen to Norman and the Live Golf Tour. Very interesting. All right, other news. How about this? Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, who was absolutely horrible in the first six games, including the playoffs, has agreed to a 230.5 million deal. How good is that? 
He is now among the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks. Hmm. By the way, 160 million of that is guaranteed for injury. So that means that Murray will make 105 million fully guaranteed once he signs the deal. Not bad, right? The only two quarterbacks that are getting paid more, okay? Aaron Rodgers, 50 million. Deshaun Watson, an annual deal of 46 million. This deal puts Murray at 46.1 million, which is a million point one more than Patrick Mahomes. Welcome to the National Football League. How about that? Do you know that the only deal in NFL history with more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray, you ready for this? Ready for this? Deshaun Watson, $230 million fully guaranteed. That's right. The guy that may be suspended for the whole year, we don't know, has a fully guaranteed contract of $230 million. So Murray gets a five-year extension, and the Arizona Cardinals better hope he plays a hell of a lot better this year than he did in the playoff game. Because in the playoff game this past year, he was awful. Absolutely awful. By the way, Murray's only 24. So good for him. You know, the guy's talented. There's no question about it. But he wasn't talented when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field. Let's call it the way it is. So big news in the National Football League. And when will we find out what's going on with Deshaun Watson? You think the NFL is going to come out anytime and just like tell us what the hell is going on? In the meantime, the Browns are signing former first-round pick Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. Boy, that's desperation, isn't it? I mean, Rosen has been awful. Terrible. I didn't even realize he was with the Atlanta Falcons last year, did you? Seriously. I didn't even realize that. He was 2 of 11 with two interceptions. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with Watson yet. Uh, Jacoby Brissett appears to be the guy that's going to be starting week one. And, you know, Rosen has already been with five NFL teams since coming out of UCLA. The guy's been a huge bust. Huge. So Arizona's got a quarterback all signed, sealed, and delivered. The Browns in desperation signed Rosen. And if you think that being a college coach is not lucrative, you're wrong. Okay? Because if you're good, like Kirby Smart, you can have the university after you win a national championship and, and beat Alabama to win your national championship. You can get a 10-year, $112.5 million deal. How good is that? Kirby Smart is now the highest paid coach in college football. How about that? You take Georgia to the first national championship in 41 years. You beat Alabama, and you get that type of a deal. How about that? How about that? I mean, that's unbelievable, is it not? 
Brian Kelly signed last year a 10-year, $95 million deal to take him to LSU from Notre Dame. Jimbo Fisher agreed to a four-year extension last year. That's going to pay him $90 million over the next 10 years. Dabo Sweeney, $93 million deal that he's currently in year three of 10. Nick Saban, all right, pay, gets paid $10.5 million a year. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, 10 years, $95 million. How about the money for these college football coaches? Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Incredible. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls here on the Thursday edition of Listen App, and uh, we say hello to John. Hey, John, yeah, you should be a college football coach, buddy. That could be your future. I'm thinking that could be that could be your ticket. <laughs> Me, Grant? You think I could? I'm really, I'm, I really warm up to the youngster. I can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Give him a discount. Tell him you'll do it for fifty million dollars. Ah, come on. Come on, Grant. I need some chips now. Seventy-five. <laughs> oh my God, what's going on, buddy? Who knew that college football was going to be like this? I mean, we've all known it's been in business for so long, but now the the workers are becoming paid. Who knew this was going to happen? I mean, I guess we all knew it was going to happen. Ryan, I guess, called it first, and Notre Dame. Well, Don, no, you go ahead. Notre Dame, what? I think Notre Dame is going to be the catalyst that makes everything turn at once they make a decision. Yes, Do uh, they don't have to make it this. Yes, with the TV deal, they don't have to make a decision. Uh, their athletic director is on record as saying they're in no rush, but you're right. The next big domino in all of this will be Notre Dame. Are they going to remain independent? Are they going to join a conference? You know, right now they have a very lucrative deal with NBC, uh, which goes through 2025. But they have said to NBC, uh, we need $75 million to continue uh, down this path. So we're going we're to see. This is going to be very interesting to see what happens with Notre Dame. You're exactly right. Hey, it would be hard-pressed for NBC to not say, you know what, here's 75, here's 80 to keep it, you know, to keep it strong. Because Notre Dame is the biggest uh, uh, college football, I guess, the biggest, the biggest. Everybody watches Notre well, they, Dame football. Whether they love them yeah, or they hate them, they love them. Yeah, they're a, they're a ratings draw. They're, they're, they're huge ratings for NBC. You're exactly right. So, you know, the, the, uh, this is going to be very interesting to see what happens, you know, because any conference that would get Notre Dame, that would be just unbelievable. Unbelievable if you could get Notre Dame into your conference. Every single school would love to have Notre Dame in their conference. Of course they would. Yep, no question about it. Hey, man, the Kings, though, really looking good. I want to, you know, just change topics a little bit before Ryan gets on board. The Kings really (laughs) look good. You know, everybody knows. Nobody's nobody's questioning the uh, Grant and Ryan and Sacktown show. Um, the Kings, I think they are going to be better than expected this season. And man, Grant, I want to know, do you think they're going to be better than expected? And by expected, I don't know your expectations, but 31 and a half games. Come on. That's not enough. Is it? Yeah. Is that what the over under is right now at 31 and a half? I, I, would I go, think so. Yeah. I heard. 
I would go over that. I think they're going to win more than 31 games. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I've got something. Hey, I've got something for you. So tomorrow, tomorrow on my podcast, Ryan and I are going to be doing my podcast tomorrow. and We're going to play a little game. All right. So uh, it's going to be kind of similar to when Ryan was on with me yesterday. And we're going to do it for much longer on my podcast tomorrow. So make sure you listen to that when it's come, yeah, when it's released. Yesterday, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think you're going to enjoy it. I did get part of that, man. I will enjoy it, Grant. And, man, I'm so glad that you are so – your perseverance is second to none, man. And you're going to make it all the way back to the top. And even you, if buddy. you want to announce hockey, you can. But I want you to announce basketball also. Whatever, I'll do what I can do. Baseball? You've never done baseball, Grant? You'd be the greatest I've Dodgers never... now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I – no, 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 You know, I think the greatest Dodgers announcer is cemented in history forever, okay? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. My very first game was with Vin and everything. But, man, Grant, thank you. Keep doing it. Ryan. Thank you, buddy. Jerry, Jeff. Thanks for your service. Talk soon. Thank you, buddy. Take it easy. All right. Oh, man. Always good to hear from, uh, from John. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, some more phone calls here on a listen app, and we say hello to Jay. Good afternoon, Jay. How are you? Hey, excellent, Cran. Yeah, John's a piece of work. Yeah, it's been good, good stuff. Yeah, I got to listen to uh, yesterday's show this morning. So, yeah, that was that was a, um, a good segment you and Ryan did. So looking, looking forward to tomorrow. You guys uh, – you guys do a good job with that. Hey, you know, so um, as a as a sports guy, golf is like way down down the list of of my interests. I'll, I'll kind of casually keep an eye on what's going on, or if I'm hearing you or somebody else that's enjoying it, I'll I'll, I'll perk up and kind of see what's going on. But the, this whole live thing, um, you know, I'm looking at it from a different perspective because just because I'm not a golf guy, you know, it's like all right, well what's going on here? You know, you know, if we can get the political talking points out of the way, what, you know, what, what's happening with this, you know, certainly not an expert on Middle East policy, but, you know, we've, we've all lived kind of through it. And, and, um, you know, I I think we have a base working knowledge of what's going on uh, with, with the Middle East and now the golf thing's coming in and, and the, the Middle East is, is super complicated. You know, it's not a, there's not a, direct line that folks can draw with bad guys in the Middle East. Certainly there's bad guys in the Middle East, but the leadership and the bad guys, you know, it's, 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 it's not a black and white thing. It's there, but it's not black and white. You know, when you look at China, there's certainly challenges in, in the NBA and the Olympics. Um, they sure were able to overlook all that stuff pretty easily and, and motor on and do what they do. So as you look at the as you look at what's happening in the middle, you know, with the live tour and that, and listening to Charles, who um, I totally agree with you. I don't always agree with every single opinion Charles has, but I love his honesty and um, how he's, for the most part, thought things out quite well with what he's ha- has to say. Just it, there, there's a lot of common sense there that um, you know I, I think some of the political folks need to listen to to before they start speaking. But one of the things about the, the live tour is it, it's adding the old fashioned, you know, 
classic co uh, competition effect. And um, you know, the money that's coming from the Middle East, the vast majority of it is going to end up right back in the United States. It's not like it's staying in the Middle East. They may be generating money for the Middle East, but all those most of the vast majority of those players are going to be um, U.S. players or maybe some European players. So, you know, it, it would be really hard to say if if uh, if they called you up and said, Grant, we're going to give you $50 million to be our sportscaster, um, you know, are you going to turn that down due to uh, some past indiscretions they have, or are you going to take a look at it and see what they have to say? I think any one of us in any profession, if we're getting offered, you know, 10 times or 100 times more than what we would get anyways, uh, we would have to take a look at what we're doing because what we're doing isn't um a problem you know it's it's how how they handle themselves and the the other side of the coin is folks folks have to be given a chance to evolve and i think that's kind of what's happening in the middle east to a certain degree even politically there's there's a there's a certain sect of that population that does want to evolve they, they don't all want to be all the negative things that are out there and and it's going to take time to, to get those things to evolve. But the way, the way societies evolve is they start interacting with other societies that have evolved as opposed to just putting a, putting a wall up. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not an expert when it comes to the Middle East, but the biggest issue with the Live Golf Tour as it relates to this country uh, is the pretty much undeniable connections of Saudi Arabia's involvement uh, with 9-11. And when you look back at 9-11 and you look at the connections with Saudi Arabia, including uh, most of the hijackers, uh, the funding for Al-Qaeda and everything, there are pretty much undisputable connections with Saudi Arabia. Now, the government of Saudi Arabia has continued to deny any involvement at all with 9-11, as you would expect. Uh, but the evidence is pretty clear cut. Uh, that they did have involvement as it relates to 9-11. And I think that is the biggest issue in terms of the blowback, if we can say that, uh, from the critics in this country. As far as everything else with Saudi Arabia, excuse me, the Middle East, the money, everything else, I mean, I'd be the wrong person to talk about that. But the connections to 9-11 are there. And I think that is going to be the reason. Well, I think that is the reason, Jay, why you're seeing so many sponsors disassociate themselves with the golfers that decide to go over there. I mean, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, you know, Dustin Johnson, you know, these golfers are losing sponsors because sponsors do not want to align themselves with a country that was clearly involved with the 9-11 attacks. No, and I, and I completely understand that. And obviously that's, the, that's the, the number one issue in addition to all the human rights things. But you know, it, it doesn't take much of a eye turn when you look at China to go, gosh, you know, um, you know, maybe China didn't, you know, knock down our towers, but, you know, they're, they're certainly guilty of uh, a lot of human death and on and continuing ongoing things. And yet, and yet the United States had zero, the United States and the media, probably more media, uh, had zero, really had zero issues with what happened with having the Olympics in China. You know, there just seems to be a huge double standard on uh, where we're going to pick 
you know, what atrocities do do we really get hung up on, and which ones we don't? Yeah. And and I and I certainly am not supporting you know anything. I, I'm not I'm not a live supporter or a live detractor. I'm just sure. kind of looking at it, going, gosh, you know, I mean, sure. I wonder, I wonder what the, I wonder what the line, the, you know, how many dots are directly connected to the current Saudi leadership versus those dots yep. that were involved in 9/11. I, I, we may never know the answer to that. Um, it, it's a perfect question to be asking, but um, um, you know, it, well, look at the I, NBA. Look at the NBA. The NBA pulled their All Star game out of Charlotte over a gay bathroom bill. And yet now they're going to go play a preseason game in the United Arab Emirates. And all you have to do is Google homosexuality, United Arab Emirates. And it is extremely alarming. Uh, so, you know, there's we live in a world of hypocrisy. We live in a world of double standards, particularly in the United States of America. I'm not going to speak for other countries around the world. I'm an American and I live in this country. So I'll speak about the United States. The United States is an, uh, is a very hypocritical country, period with a lot of hypocritical people, with a country that uh, is maybe the leader in double standards across the world. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I'm not really sure where you pick and choose anymore, Jay. I don't know what's acceptable, what's not. I don't know what's crossing the line any more than what's not. What I do know is what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And there are too many times in this country where people turn their head knowing full well that something is wrong, but they don't want to get involved. That, that is the biggest yes. issue that I have. I 100% I, I agree. You know, we, we, don't have to, we don't have to go back very far. And I think it was in the early 2000s, several years, you know, several years after the 9-11 attacks, that an ex-vice president by the name of Al Gore sold his TV network to, yep. um, you know, Al Jazeera, right? And, um, you know, it was amazing how, I mean, he got a little bit of grief for it, but he, nothing, you know, that, 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 that uh, media production company was a hundred percent behind ISIS and the Taliban and, and, and those terrorist groups. And yet, um, you know, Al Gore, Al Gore sold, sold to yep. them, you know, and, and it was just kind of brushed over and, Everybody moved on from it. You know, it, it, this, this is this, what's happening here is is not any different than the other examples you gave. So, well, yeah, I, I think. Well, not only that, not only that, even something as benign as supporting Donald Trump for president. I mean, if you publicly came out and said that you were endorsing Donald Trump for president, you were canceled, ridiculed. Look at Jack Nicholas, 80 years old when Jack Nicholas endorsed Donald Trump for president of the United States in the last election. Jack Nicholas, who's got a history of doing great things for his community, for the United States of America, great things, has a record of, of, of impeccable, uh, it's just an impeccable resume, got completely raked over the coals, was publicly condemned, destroyed. When I mean publicly destroyed, I mean ridiculed. Uh, I mean, so, you know, again, I, I don't know where you draw the line anymore. I don't know, this country's just got a lot of issues, plain and simple, you know? Yeah, you know when 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 the when the outrage can the outrage folks can scream louder than everybody else. That's that's what happens because obviously, yep. you know, the half half of the country felt exactly like uh, Jack Nicholson did. Um, Correct. Or Nicholas did, and yep. and you know, half the country can't be canceled. But you know, if you if you have a a popular name, then um, you know, you're doxed. Sure. And, not, and half the country can't be racist. Again, the claim, you know, and again, I'm now going into the realm of politics, but you're going to tell me that over 70 million 
Americans that voted for Donald Trump are racist. I mean, you know, again, it's just you, you just can't make this stuff up. OK, you just cannot make this stuff up. I, I have a lot of friends that voted for Donald Trump. I have a lot of friends that own companies that hire, you know, many minority employees who have phenomenal relationships with the minorities that they hire. Okay, I look at these individuals that I personally know that did support Donald Trump. And trust me, racist would be the last word I would ever use to define them, to talk about them. And it's just, you know, again, we live in a country of labels and stereotypes that is just so unfortunate. It's just so wrong. No, 100%. Hey, well done. Keep up the good work. Look forward to your uh, podcast with Ryan tomorrow. Thank you, Jay. Have a great evening. Take care now. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Great call. Really enjoyed that call. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And uh, we are going to say hello to Jeff. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you today? Great, Grant. How about you? I'm good, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I, um, I, I want I got a couple of things written down here. Um, well, on the talking about the PGA thing, I'm going to skip what I want to ask you first. But uh, <laughs> can you imagine that Dustin Johnson would put something together? I mean, what what would have happened? I mean, what do you think would have happened coming up 18 and he's he's winning the tournament? Uh, would he? Oh been, boy, would that been something? Uh, that would have been something. Uh, I don't know if he would have been booed because the golfers such as him, himself, and Brooks Kepkin and others that were playing at the Open, they didn't get booed when they were introduced on the first tier coming up 18. So, no, I don't think they would have been booed, but I think the applause would have been lukewarm, I'll say that. Right, right. And I did see Rory with his comments. I think there was somebody else. I can't uh, – they asked him a few questions. And then Phil, he didn't go to the dinner, and he – he shunned the dip, uh, championship dinners, and there was a lot. Yeah. Of, they were cold. There were some cold effects going on there. Oh yes, there were. Yeah, and Tiger had his opinion. 
And so, so here's what I wanted to ask you. Well, there's, well, I'll wait till my best thing last. Uh, I sent you that thing about Kings fan being happy. You ever seen such a bullshit article in your life? I didn't read the article, so I, oh. I you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't read it, so I'm sorry. I saw the headline, but I, I don't read stuff like that. I, I've never read stuff like that. Had the top one, were the top ten happiest fans in franchise were the happiest. They're ranked like fifth, like they're the happiest with the franchise. Stupidity. I mean, it's just it, it, it's an insult to our intelligence. That's why I don't, I didn't read it. It's just stupidity. Unbelievable, and. Uh, uh, anyways, one one thing that I'll ask you. So, can you imagine? I mean, you're from New York. So, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Can you imagine Andrew Dice Clay and his popularity now hmm. with the jokes he used to do? I mean, oh my God, are you kidding me? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Andrew he's Dice Clay's Brooklyn. a piece of work. Oh my God. Well, he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Andrew and, Dice Clay, that's a name from the past. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know you, and I, I watched some of his stuff on YouTube the other day. Oh, my God. Thought, oh, my God. And he, he did everybody. Rip. He ripped everybody. He was worse than Don. Oh, Rizzo. yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was. Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay, boy. Yeah, if you ever needed a laugh and you could, you could uh, handle that type of humor, uh, oh. he would make you laugh. Oh, Okay, the last thing I want to say is, uh, based on all the games, I'm going to steal a little thunder from Ryan. You know, I'm going to take a little cue from him. You went to a lot of football games in New York. Did you ever see Gail Sayers or Peyton? I mean, who was the best? Oh yeah, of course. Well, I saw Jim Brown. I saw Jim. I saw Jim Brown play in person. So who was the best running I mean, back you've seen in person? Uh, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Oh my God! Really? Best run. I was. I was at the game. Uh, I was at the game at Shea Stadium. Uh, the game that he rushed for over two thousand yards. It was the coldest football game that I ever went to. Uh, I remember it was so cold that people were going to the men's room because it had a heater in there to get warm and then come back. But uh, but but and I spent the entire halftime uh, in the men's room. And I will tell you. It was so cold that my brother left at halftime and said, I'm going to meet you at the car. I'm like, what are you leaving for? I'm like, history is going to be made here today. He goes, I can't handle it. And so he went and uh, went to the car. Christopher Mandog Russo was with us too. And we sat there and watched history being made at Shea Stadium. And when OJ actually rushed the carry for over 2,000, uh, you can see that there were very few people at Shea Stadium. I mean, the place was almost empty because it was that, oh. that cold of a that cold of a day. Oh my God! So you seen Gail Sayers? Then I would imagine. I saw Gail Sayers. Of course, Gail Sayers was great. Uh, I've seen all the great running backs in the history of the National Football League. Jim Brown, for those that were from that generation, will tell you that Jim Brown's the best running back to ever play. In all fairness, I was too young to appreciate Jim Brown's greatness, but I did see him play. I mean, I saw Johnny Unitas play. I, I saw. Great. I saw Y.A. Tittle play at Yankee Stadium. I saw, you know, I mean, I, I, I saw just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, NFL players. The greats all play either at Yankee Stadium or at Shea Stadium. Absolutely. So was Lawrence Taylor your best defensive player? Or- Lawrence Taylor's the greatest defensive player I've ever seen, period. 
he was the most impactful player I've ever seen play in the National Football League. Better than Smith for the Bills. Yes, yes, oh. no question. Wow, that's 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 up there. And I guess if he wasn't, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, drugs had a lot to do with his career, and he had his problems. So, I mean, if he took care of his body a little bit better, I mean, golly gee, yeah. he did all that. Uh, he did all that, you know, with his problems. I mean, and he's redeemed himself and stuff. But I mean, uh, you talk about Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was great, but if you were going to take a poll of all the general managers in the National Football League, knowing what you know now, and said, okay, you're going to start from scratch, and you can take only one player. You're going to take Lawrence Taylor or Bruce Smith. Everyone would take Lawrence Taylor. Nobody would wow. take Bruce Smith. Wow. Well, that's a quite a that's a quite a compliment right there. You talk to opposing coaches, whether they were Joe Gibbs, whether it was Dick Vermeil, whether it was Bill Walsh. Teams used to have to uh, tailor, no, no pun intended, their entire offensive game plan around Lawrence Taylor. Okay, I mean, game plans were completely made with the fact that number 56 was on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And I've talked to quarterbacks on opposing teams. I've talked to Neil Lomax. All right, I've interviewed Neil Lomax when he was the starting quarterback of the Cardinals. I've interviewed Ron Jaworski when he was the starting quarterback of the Eagles. I've interviewed Joe Theismann when he was the starting quarterback of the Redskins. I've interviewed all these guys about the, the, the biggest, the, the defensive player they feared the most. And without question, they all talk, they all say Lawrence Taylor. Wasn't uh, Taylor the one who took uh, out Joe Theismann? Yes, Theismann. Monday Night Football, yes. He broke his leg? Wow. Yes, Monday Night Football. Yep. Wow. Well, that's all I have today, Grant. Thank you for the information. All right. You take care. Have a great evening. Bye-bye now. All right, good stuff right there. We are going to get to uh, some more phone calls, and uh, we are going to say hello to Jerry right here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, Jerry. What's happening? Hey, Grant. I got a few things for you. Um, I, you know what? I'm trying to do the Ryan format, uh, but you know what? The guy's awesome. Uh, I, I hope I do fine. Number one, Grant, uh, best player in the NBA that you've ever seen play? Michael Jordan. And why would you say that? Uh, because he was not only a great offensive player, he was a great defensive player. And you knew that if he had the ball in his hands at the end of the game, in a close game, you knew that you were probably going to lose the game. So I, for me, I appreciate players that play both sides of the ball. And he was not only a great offensive player, but he was a great defensive player. And for somebody to be that good offensively, who worked so hard on defense, always resonated with me. I love the fact that he was a complete two-way player. And somebody that did not go to teams to win championships. Correct. Yep. Very, very, very true. And, and so, I mean, he was great. He was tremendous. And Grant, number two, Grant, um, would you, if Chris Weber would to, uh, if he would to call your show and apologize to you, would you accept his apology? Yes, of course I would. Because knowing Grant that he knew that he was wrong, Grant, and he had no right going off on you like that. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Well, you won't find any person that works for the Sacramento Kings and put them under oath and say that what Chris Weber said was true. You won't find one employee 
of the Sacramento Kings, if they're under oath to say, yeah, Chris told me that because it never happened, never existed. And Grant, number three, um, is there anything you would take back uh, from what you said and saying that you wish you never said what you said? I believe all lives matter, every single one. You can put it on my tombstone when I die, all lives matter. Uh, that's how I was raised. Uh, that's what my father and my mother instilled in me and my brother. And that's what my religion says. The first principle of the Unitarian Universalist Church is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. So no, I will never apologize for saying that. Do I wish that I had stayed off social media? Yeah. I wish I had stayed off social media. Uh, I love my job. I love living in Sacramento. I love my life there. Uh, I love my friends there. And so I hope that makes sense. I don't regret saying all lives matter, every single one. I believe that. I believe it's true. What? Who doesn't believe that all lives matter, every single one? Uh, the people that tried to take my six words and turn it into a racist comment, I feel sorry for them. I think they have problems. I think that they are walking around with blinders on. I think they're very narrow-minded. Uh, I think they're the ones that need to be educated, not me. Grant, that was well, you know, that was well said, Grant. I mean, you know what? Most most people out there would uh, not, would not even answer that question. And you being the man that you are, the man that you were raised by your father, Bert, you know what? <laughs> you know, you don't have to yep. say anything more, Grant. You know what? Well, I do have to say one one thing more. I'm on I'm on record for apologizing for offending anybody that may have been offended, and I would always say that. All right, uh, there were those that said, "Well, gee, all lives matter is counter to Black Lives Matter." I had never heard that before. I had no idea about that. I never knew that. Um, and it's amazing how many people, after I said all lives matter, said, "Gee, I had no idea that 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 was counter." to those that, you know, supported Black Lives Matter and that there were those that felt that all lives matter was a slight to those that supported Black Lives Matter. And I said, I never knew that. I had never heard of that. You know, the intent of my comment was in no way, shape or form meant to disparage, discriminate or be derogatory towards Black Lives Matter. I would have I would not have made the comment that I made all lives matter every single one, even though I believe that during that period of time, because I don't want to ever hurt anybody. I don't want to ever want to hurt anyone's feelings. So, you know, I don't want to contradict myself here. I don't regret saying all lives matter, every single one, but I do feel bad that there were some that were hurt by my comment, you know, but all they would have had to do would be to call me up on my radio show and ask me to explain myself. And I feel that after they listened to what I had to say, they would have been just fine with why I said it, but I never got that chance. And Grant, I know that you have talked about this before, but um, can you share your contract with KHTK, uh, why they decided to part ways with you? Uh, can you? Uh, can you I can't. Share I with can't. You'd, you, you, okay. No, you'd, you'd have to ask. Bon, you'd have to ask Bonneville. I can't speak for them. Okay, Grant. Well, well, sir. Thanks for taking my call, and hope that okay. was a really good call, Grant. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Great call. You'd be good. Thanks very much. All right, let's get to. Uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up on a very good show on this Thursday, and it's Steve from Vacaville. Hey, Steve. Hey, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to talk a little bit about the um, 
the FBS and the, and the runaway inflation. Uh, but first, I just wanted to follow up on the, on the last caller's comments. Um, are you allowed to comment or would you rather not comment about where you are in that Bonneville uh, suit? Um, is that yeah, gone and passed and done uh, with or, or where, where are no, we? No, no, uh, no. We're, we're, we're still ongoing. Uh, we've had several depositions uh, that we have done and uh, it is still an ongoing process. So whenever there's any new developments, I will certainly pass them along. Right now, there's really not much to say, but no, it's an ongoing lawsuit uh, in the uh, federal district court of Sacramento. Yeah, I'm, I mean, make no mistake, and for what my opinion's worth on this, um, that that whole uh, Black Lives Matter issue was just a smoke screen for payback uh, from people that you were holding accountable uh, in other in other um, you know venues. You know, the, the sports figures specifically that that were, sure. were seeking payback. That's that's what that was about. It had nothing to do with. Of course, uh, it was. Um, no, so, it, of course it was. That's and, and it as, was a as joke. A, it's a it's yeah. a, it's a travesty. Yeah, and I, I think as, as as a fan that really enjoyed, you know, sports talk radio in the Sacramento area, uh, for the decades that you were there, it, it was a shame to see that, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of fans didn't get to enjoy um, your your entertainment and your knowledge uh, just because of the nefarious intent of a few self-centered narcissistic uh athletes anyway um well nefarious is a great word uh i i think you said it perfectly i don't even think i need to add anything i appreciate your support thank you very much absolutely grant um one of the things that you were talking about that that i i thought is certainly worth diving into a little bit is the the fbs um pay scales and 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 the, the revenue and the whole economics of what's going on there was a great article in the la times Oh gosh, just about a year ago, I think it was in April of 2021, and and they uh, it, it was a vel- it was a very well referenced article. But basically, they they were looking at w- the way the economies of of college athletics were going. And in 2021, there were uh, it was there was nine billion nine billion with a B revenue coming into the 130 FBS uh, colleges. Of that, only 25 were generating more revenue uh, than they were spending. Um, then they were making up the difference in that through university funding and student athletic fees. And it got to the point where student athletic fees uh, were averaging 1500 a year per student. And so that that added on to the, you know, to, to tuition, you know, that's that's only going to accelerate as this thing goes goes forward. And And the problem with college athletics is there's no mechanism to restrain like you have, but you know, like with the NBA and the NFL where they've got luxury taxes and salary caps, you can argue how effective those may or may not be, but at least there's an attempt to try to, you know, cool that off a bit. And um, part and parcel of that, there was the lead one and the lead number one association, they surveyed uh, the athletic directors about whether they would like to see a professional model like we're heading towards now versus a higher education model where there would be some conditional antitrust exemptions that would be promulgated with legislation from the Congress. And by an overwhelming majority, even the athletic directors were saying, gosh, they would rather have that higher education model and not go into this professional sports model that, that we're, we're going into. So my only hope is that Congress on some level gets involved, which they can if they decide not to do. And then, you know, one can laugh and say, well, oh, you know, that's like, you know, the uh, you know, you know, a, a, a black kettle trying to fix a, a, a you know, a, a 
teapot. Sure. I mean, that's mixed metaphors, but you know what I'm saying? If they're broken themselves, how are they going to fix other things? And I, and I get that. But I think if something isn't done, it's going to affect the rest of college athletics. And and though, you know, the marquee matchups that we that we love every Saturday will, will be great. My concern is just that the cost of tuition is going to continue to, to spiral. But more importantly, a great lot point. of the other athletic, you know, uh, programs, that, you know, for the second and third tier sports that are really the proving grounds for where we, how we compete as a country in the Olympics and everything else are going to fall by the wayside. And I just was wondering what you thought about that and if you had any comments along those I, lines. I think the domino effect of what's going on in college sports right now is kind of a lot of people are not thinking about that. You know, I think the easy, quick response would be, gee, fans don't care how much college coaches are getting paid and et cetera. But you just hit a, a, a spot on. You know, are the youth of this country not going to be able to afford to go to college, which is already so challenging with student loans and everything else? I mean, at some point, you know, the money that's being used to pay these college football coaches, you know, a lot of it does come from television and ticket sales and everything else. But we also have to acknowledge that uh, it is going to filter down the tuitions. And uh, the other aspect of this is, you know, we're paying our college football coaches in many instances 100 times more than the lead professor, you know, in the economics department or the, the lead professor teaching medical school or what have you. I mean, do we not really have an imbalance here? And I know the uh, critics are going to say, well, gee, how much money does the lead professor, you know, of the economics department bring into the university as compared to Nick Saban in Alabama? Well, you know, you, you could make that argument. But at the end of the day, what is the purpose of a university and a college? You know, I've always thought the number one goal was academics. And I, I'm with you. I think the domino effect on this is not going to be good. I think if you and I had this conversation 10 years from now, I think we're going to be looking at a completely different picture than we are now. Yeah, and I think, you know, and you can go to the NCAA's website to look up these statistics, but it just in the past four years, to talk about inefficiency, there was over $300 million on buyouts just to buy coaches out of there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Out of there. And that's, they're not, that's not even any meaningful money. It's just to buy them out to say, hey, thank you. Sure. Bye. So, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and so what it ends, at the end of the day, it ends up being the, the students and the families that support the students that are going to end up, you know, making up the difference after what they spend in above what the, what the TV revenue is. And, and that's that's my big concern. Steve, good hearing from you. Really appreciate your support. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye now. Yep. You too. Bye bye. Good stuff right there. All right. Let's get to uh, the man that uh, everybody wants to hear, I guess. Gosh, you know, Ryan, you got more fans than I do these days. How are you, buddy? Well, Grant, when you uh, talk to people that are, uh, you know, better than you, you elevate your game. So that's a, that's a, a tribute yeah. to you, my friend. Um, I'm going to keep Thank it you. brief. And, um, you know, Jerry, Al, Jeff, Steve, that was a great call. This has been an excellent show, in my opinion. Um, the only thing I'm going to kind of chime in on is live golf and the way that Charles handled the situation. I think what we're lacking these days, and you know me, Grant, I don't like going down the political road, but transparency is important. And he's been very transparent about this entire process. And I think there is something to be said for that. And uh, with that, I'm looking forward to our podcast tomorrow. Thank you so, so much for having me on again. What's that? Ryan, I lost you, buddy. I don't know what happened. I'll put you back in the audience, and if we can get you back on, uh, that would be great. But I just lost you, buddy. So uh, we'll try to do it again, all right? 
Uh, I do agree with transparency and Charles Barkley. Uh, he was as transparent as you can be. And uh, now we get Ryan back with us. Ryan, we lost you there for a second, buddy. So uh, you were talking about transparency with Barkley. So go ahead. Can you hear me now? Grant? I don't know what's going on here. I oh, cannot hear um, Ryan. Maybe it's me. Can hey, Ryan, you hear can me? you hear me here? Yep, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, it was my on my end, not yours. So go ahead. You were talking about transparency with Barkley. So go ahead. Yeah, no worries. I, I just feel like that's very important in sports these days, uh, especially with social media and, you know, everybody looking over your shoulder. But regardless, if somebody is looking over your shoulder, you should be doing the right thing. So the way that Charles has handled that situation, I, I have a lot of respect for that. And I wanted to thank you. I'm really looking forward to being on the podcast tomorrow and uh being able to come back on so thank you so much yep. and uh yeah let's do it bud sounds great man you have a good one we'll talk to you soon be good all right you too thanks yeah, and sorry about the technical snafu there that was on my end not your end you know as far as barkley goes listen he's very controversial figure uh he says a lot of things that you know you kind of go geez charles really i've gotten on him on before some for some of the things that he said I got on him for the comment that he made at the NBA finals towards a fan talking about what they were he was going to do to their mom. You know, that's just not called for it. It, it, it hurts Charles, in my opinion. Uh, but what he said uh, after meeting with Greg Norman, absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. All right. Good show today. As Ryan said, I really enjoyed this. Uh, we will wrap up the week tomorrow. Look forward to it. Make yourself a, a great rest of the evening. And thank you so much for joining me right here on Listen App. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.